as I as I've been praying and just seeking the Lord, and you know, we've been talking about limitless and going into the promises of God. Didn't Cindy Meeks do a wonderful job last week? Uh, I had so many people text me or call me and say, "Wow, such a passionate woman!" and and bless her and her husband and family. And um and I was thinking about uh one thing that she had said about you know when you are willing and you serve the house of God when you serve uh, the local church God will promote you God will push you forward and that has been a testimony in my own life and many times I've had different ministers young ministers older ministers they asked me said Malik well how did you do what you do how are you where you are right now not that I've arrived but how have you accomplished what you have in such a you know you're a young man and I said man I just got a passion for uh, his people. I got a passion for the church and I served no matter what. If it was to clean toilets, I cleaned toilets. I used to live on a campground where they had septic tanks and sometimes those septic tanks would overflow and guess who was in that septic tank? I was. Amen. And somebody would be grabbing my leg and I'll be down there in a tunnel somewhere with poop all around me and then next minute I'm taking a shower and I'm picking up a speaker from the uh, from the uh, <laughs> from the airport and then the next minute leading worship then the next minute being called off the platform to go pick up somebody uh, from the Greyhound, just serving the people of God, serving the house of the Lord, believing that God, when I was, uh, what I was doing in that moment, I was making room for the glory of God in my own life. And I was and, and you I was setting myself up for success. I never really saw it that way at the moment. I just wanted to be where God was. I just wanted to do what God was. And there was never an agenda. There never was a place where I said, well, if I do this, then I know I'm going to get this. No, I just did it because I love Jesus. How many people here just love Jesus? Amen. I just wanted to, how many want to just be where God is? I just want to be where you are. I just want to do it. I, it's not about titles. It's not about positions. It's not about, you know, be, having a high seat. Actually, if you're in the kingdom, you got to take the low seat. And God is looking for those that are going to go low. God is looking for those. Thank you so much. Woo. Bless her. Somebody say, bless you, Angelie. We've been preaching all week. So my voice is, oh yeah, I like that. That's nice up there. God is looking for people that are going to be stirred for his house. I was just praying and listening to the prophetic words from Cindy and also from, um, uh, Pastor Melody, and just what the Lord has been speaking to, to our house. I, I was sitting in my car um, the other day, and um, and I just began to weep. And out of my, you know, sometimes it's in the weeping, it's in the crying that God really gets your attention, and you really begin to pray his heart instead of your heart. And, and in my heart, I said, God, stir up a heart for your house. Lord, stir up a heart for your house. And Ezra, we see the story um, uh well, let me just say this. I believe that there already is a stirring and relentless in the people of God. Somebody say, we are the people of God. Come. <laughs> you guys not say like, we are the people of God. <laughs> say, we are the people of God. And I believe that God is building up his house and he's building up his people. And there is a stirring in the people of God to build the house. And just like in the days of Ezra, I believe that we're in a time of prophetic destiny. You know, uh, Jeremiah had prophesied that that uh, Israel would be in Babylon for 70 years. Somebody say 70 years. 
The people of God were in captivity, but God gave Jeremiah a prophetic word. And he said after the 70 years that the, that the captivity would end. And so Ezra kind of picks up on that. And, and, and the King Cyrus, uh, the king of that day, had made a decree that, that, uh, that the house of the Lord will be built again. You know, God will even stir up kings that don't even believe what you believe. God will stir up people that don't even uh, have the same bent that you have. And they still will listen to the word of the Lord. So how much more should we? In Jeremiah 29, it says this, and many of us know it, for thus says the Lord after. Somebody say after. There's always a before, but thank God for the after. Amen. How many ever took those pictures before and after? Amen. How many just are still working on your after picture? Amen. I don't know. I'm still working on my after picture. I, I took, I, actually, I tried to take a picture recently and said, man, I've been working out. I've been in the gym. Let me take an after picture. And I looked at the before picture and I said, no, this looks the same. <laughs> so we're still working on, but how many love the after? Amen. And he said, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work towards you. I'm telling you, God is about to visit us and cause you to return to this place. Uh, For I know, talking about Jerusalem, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Aren't you glad that he's thinking about you? He said thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen. God has bigger plans than you do. And that's why we need to be a people of his presence and a people of vision. And so he says, then you call upon me and, and go and pray. Oh, well, let me say, if I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Somebody say all my heart. God is looking for those that are wholehearted in this season. And I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Listen, that was never God's plan for you to be in captivity. It never God's plan for sickness or for any of those things to be in you. And God says, I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I called you to be carried away captive. So Jeremiah prophesied years before that there was a God who would bring them back. Somebody said, God's bringing me back. He's bringing me back into his promises, into everything that he spoke into my life. But in the meantime, somebody say in the meantime, it's so important what we do in the meantime. Because there were prophets even in the time of Jeremiah that were saying, no, God's going to deliver us. No, God's going to bring us out. But God wasn't saying that at the moment. Hello? Hello? And listen, Jeremiah, early in that chapter, right before he says, I know the plans and the thoughts I have towards you. He said, this is what the Lord of all, the God of Israel says to all the people who have been sent to from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and become fathers of sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may give birth to your sons and daughters. Become many there and do not let let your number become less. Work for the well-being of the city where I've sent you and pray to the Lord for this, for it is well with the city you live in. It will be well with you. So we should still be productive as we press towards the promises. Just because we're not seeing what we've seen in the spirit, just because we've not seen what we've heard over the last years, doesn't mean that we should become complacent. And I believe that God is calling us out of apathy. God is calling us to be aggressive. And I love this dream that Crystal had that God is saying, raise up your expectation. 
people who are expecting, they are jittery. They can't, I'm telling you, my wife is expecting, and I already know from the last three kids, the closer the baby gets, the harder it is to sleep. She moves around all night. She got to get comfortable and all this other stuff. Okay, only two people understand what I'm saying. Listen, we, sh- we st- uh, I'm so excited. We should still be productive as we press towards the promise. We should still be watchful in our lives that we don't fall into apathy, that we don't fall into criticism and bitterness when things are not going well with us. Listen, uh, the Israel was in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. They were pulled away. Many of them were murdered, and it was just an evil, evil kingdom. But in the midst of that, God said, I want you to build houses, and I want you to plant, and I want you to marry, and you shouldn't grow less. You should grow more. And that is the true testimony, I believe, of the body of Christ, that when things are the darkest, we're the brightest. Hello? That when things seem the most emptiest, that we have the fullness. That when the whole world is looking and has questions, we become the answer. He said that if you pray for the city, it is going to go well. How many, when's the last time you prayed for your city? When's the last time we prayed for Springfield, prayed for Woodbridge, prayed for Alexandria, prayed from Triangle, wherever you live at? When is the last time you prayed instead of complaining? Prayed for your job, prayed for the, your co-workers, prayed for those around you. Because God has a plan for their life as well. And God wants it to go well with them. Isn't that something crazy? And so many times we say, well, Lord, get me out of this place, get me out of this place. But here... God is telling Jeremiah to prophesy, and he says, work for the well-being of the city where I've sent you and pray to the Lord for this. Even though they were brought away in captivity, the Lord said, I sent you there. So you have to realize that as we are under an apostolic mantle, that we are sent ones. We don't just go where we want. We don't just do what we want. And sometimes God will send us to the dry places so that we can begin to pray for the rain. I want us to begin to pray for the rain here in the DMV. I want us to believe God. And instead of throwing stones at the king's palace, let's believe that God will give us a seat at the table. God wants to give his people a seat at the king's table. He wants to give us a a seat at the senate's table. He wants to give us even a seat at the president's table. But he is saying, are you willing to stop your criticism and start to pray? Now, listen, I'm not saying don't speak truth and love. I'm not saying don't say what is, you know, something is wrong. But what I am saying is that we need to lift up our voice and says, say what the Lord says. And if he's not saying it, don't say it. This is the time where God is raising up a people that are going to have a bridal tongue, a trained tongue, a tongue that knows how to speak blessings. Because I want to tell you, blessings are more powerful than curses because curses can be broken. But when you're speaking blessings over the city and over our president and over our government, and no matter what the media says, no matter what you might even have in your own heart, that you say, Lord, I'm going to choose to bless. I choose to speak life. We choose to side on the side of the Lord. Whose side are we on? We're on. We're, I'm not on the Democratic side. I'm not on the Republican side. I'm on the side of the Lord. And whoever sides with the Lord, I'm siding with them. Hello?
We should still be productive as we press for the promise. Somebody say weeping doesn't last always. It doesn't. It doesn't. Psalms 105 verse 19 says until what he had said would happen came to pass. Talking about God speaking to Joseph, the word of the Lord tested him. God will speak things to you and then watch and wait because his word is at work. But sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes we don't see it. My wife is pregnant. I don't see that thing right now. She said, oh, baby, that, the, the baby's like the size of a berry, and it's growing its legs and its arms and its brain right now. I'm like, wow, huh? And a kidney. <laughs> Until what he had said would come happen came to pass, the word of the Lord tested. What is God testing you with right now? What is happening right now in your own heart, in your own life? What, is, what, is, what wind is trying to blow you off course? What wind is trying to blow you out of your future and out of your destiny? What voice are you listening to? There's lots of voices. What voice are you? I choose to listen to the word of the Lord. God, if you said it, you're going to bring it to pass. Even if I have to hold on, even if I have to wait, even if I have to go through persecution, I believe the word of the Lord. I believe the word of the Lord over relentless, that we're supposed to be multiple campuses all throughout the DMV, and that we're supposed to raise up houses of prayer and houses of glory and houses of healing, and that we're called to be a training and equipment center that we can raise up men, women, and children to live fearless for God. I believe the word of the Lord, just like I believe when God told me, start a church on on February 21st at the Springfield Town Center. Didn't he do it? Well, guess what? He'll continue to perform his word if we trust him, if we walk it out with him. If we don't get uh, in a hurry, but we don't lag behind, we just choose to stay in the will of God. Pastor Translation says, God promised that Joseph purged his character. Some of us are having our character purged. God is cleansing some of us. He, he's breaking off the, the ambition and the agenda and the, all the things that we sometimes uh, the enemy tries to put. Well, if, you know, you, if you should be here. I, why don't why nobody say nothing to you? Why didn't he ask you to do anything yet? You're not really that important. God is purging your character. It's not about what I do. It's who I am in him. It's who he is. And at the right moment, God will uh, unveil and God will open up. And matter of fact, sometimes we're looking for a door when God said, I want you to create a door. By prayer, by fasting, by seeking his face. (laughs) Thank you for that, Pastor Tim. I love you back there. God's promise to Joseph. Are you guys okay? I really do love you, by the way. (laughs) God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time. Until God will keep on working on you. He will keep working on you. He'll keep bringing the same person. It might be a different body, but it'd be the same person. It'd be the same attitude. It'd be the same nastiness that just want to pull something out of you. But what is he? God's purging you. He's cleansing you. Because you got, you're about to sit at the king's table. You need to get some things together. Joseph was about to sit at the highest seat in the kingdom, and God needed to do something in his heart. God needed to work something. What does God need to work in you and out of you? You need to write that down. God, what are you working into me? And what are you working out of me? You know, many times we, we, we want the lights, we want, but many times we will melt underneath the lights. 
if, if we were where we thought we should be, we would crumble. That's why you're not there right now. Because God wants to bring you there at the right time. So that you'll give him all the glory. By the time Joseph got into the kingdom and by the time he gave God all of the glory. If you read his words and I forgot Genesis something 30 something. He was giving God all the praise and all the glory. It was none of him. It wasn't about his dreams. It wasn't about uh, people bowing down in the moon. It wasn't about any of those things. Now he was giving God all the glory. The God who reveals mysteries and secrets. Eventually, somebody say eventually. You know, eventually the acorn becomes an oak tree. Eventually, the king of Egypt sent for him, setting him free at last. I want to tell you today that we are the building of God. And we're talking about being stirred up for the house. You need to know that we are the building of God. You look at yourself and say, I'm the building of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the building of God. First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. Now, I love this word building because it could be the word. I know I messed it up. You can look it up later. It looked like okie doke, but it really is not. It's, <laughs> I'm looking here and say, this looks like okie doke, but it's really okodome. Okay, anyway. And so it's, it's an adverb and not a noun. So when we think of a building, we are thinking of an object like a house, a temple, or, or a skyscraper. But usually this word is speaking of the building process rather than the completed edifice. The word is found 18 times in the Bible and is most commonly translated as edifying. So you are the building that God is building. Somebody say, I'm in a process. We are in a process together. Your family is in a process. Your children are in a process. This church is in a process. Somebody say process. process. Come on, process. Where are my process people at? Isn't that something with hair? Like my hair, I got my hair process. Anyway. Or my black people holler at me. <laughs> so God is stirring up a process people. God is stirring up a people that are going through the process. Never be uh, become confused and frustrated in your process. Just go through it. Before God can do something through you, he has to do something to you. I'm on it today. What does he want to do to you? See, we want God to do something through us, but what does he want to do to you? One thing I believe, God wants to break your heart for the things that break his heart. He wants us to stand for justice and for righteousness. He wants us to stand for life. I'm telling you, there's a line being drawn in the sand in America. And God is saying, who is going to stand for the righteous? Who are going to stand for the voiceless? Who are going to stand for the fatherless? Who are going to stand? Hello? Somebody give this little woman a mic <laughs> and a lecturing. What is God doing to you? God, what are you doing to me? He's burning you up. And sometimes we got to say, God, instead of fill me up, Lord, burn me up. Burn me up, God. Till it's only your glory. You know, the gold has to go through the purifying fire. The silver, many of us want to bling, but we don't want to go through anything. 
We don't want to go through the testing and the trials that's going to produce the glory. Who's going to get the glory? Jesus is going to get the glory. How many read the end of the book? Jesus gets the glory. The church carries the glory, but Jesus gets the glory. Listen, you're not called to get the glory. You're called to carry the glory so he gets the glory. And God is looking for a church that will give him all the glory, give him all the praise. Listen, Relentless won't be known for our great systems and our great programs, even though we're working on it. We won't be known for just great worship and all those things. We're going to be known for Jesus getting all the glory. When people say, how did you do it? How did you? We just said we just got in his presence and did whatever he told us. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need to work at things. It doesn't mean it's not a cop out, but it means, God, I'm trusting you through this process. And sometimes that's what people are looking for. They're looking for perfect, but they're not looking for presence. They're looking for something that's going to tickle them. Someone, can I tell you that God won't always tickle you? He won't always give you a man. He won't always say what you like. Matter of fact, when he came to the religious leaders, he said, you brood of vipers. How many would like that sermon on a Sunday morning? Come on. How many would like the John the Baptist message that say, repent, turn, go, do something differently. And then they beheaded him. I find that many times we want to sing the music, but we don't want to face the music. Come on, somebody, help me out here. I feel like a prophet today. I'm getting us ready for this conference. I'll be nice, Malik, at the conference, I promise. Philippians, listen, God is stirring up a people, and we must learn how to yield to the stirring, yield to the pruning, yield to the purging, yield to what God is doing in our hearts. Don't stop short of glory. That could be a message of his own. Don't stop short of what God has for you. Ladies, don't settle for less. Many times we will stop short because it kind of looks like, it kind of feels like, it kind of represents. No, kind of is not going to work in this season. We need what God wants for us. We need what God has for us. Come on, young men. Come on, business owners. We don't just need to kind of, you know, people will come with their, you, God gave you a vision. Then they'll come with their ideas and whatever. I was talking to Kevin, and he told me about, he, you know, he's doing some things. And somebody said, well, you could just do this. And Kevin was like, no, that's not what the Lord told me. And I commend you, Kevin, because many people right there would say, okay, I can compromise in this. I can kind of do. No, listen, do what the Lord tells you. It might not be easy. It might not look fruitful at the moment. But if you trust the Lord, he will bring it to pass. The Bible says this, blessed, somebody say blessed, is the man that makes the Lord his trust. Listen, I don't need, even if nobody else wants to partner with me in business, if nobody else wants to stand with me, uh, the angel told uh, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay. Philippians 2.13 said, for God is working in you. Somebody say, God's working in me. Come on, believe it. God is working in you, even right now, even through everything that you've been going through, even this last couple of weeks, God is working in you. We only think God is working in us when we got goosebumps and when everything is feeling good. When we feel the weight of his glory and his presence and tears are streaming down our eyes and we're singing holy, holy, holy. No, God is at work in you when that person just sideswipes you and you're like... God is at work in me. He working in me. 
God, you woke. God, work in me. Work in me right now, please. God is working in you, giving you. So what is he doing? He's giving you something. He's not just purging you, but he's giving something to you. What is he giving you? The desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's the beauty of Christianity. As we yield to the spirit of God, he begins to work in us. He begins to give us a new song, a new sound, a new outlook, a new perspective. It's his perspective. It's his song. It's his sound that begins to permeate our soul, begins to remove every other voice. And I want to say that as we're, one thing that I learned, and this is, I think, a part of the grace that we have to tap into, is not just um, always focusing on what's wrong with me. God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? No, many times we have to start asking the Lord, Lord, what are you working in me? What are you giving me, Lord? What are you giving me in this season? And many times the, the very thing I find that God wants to give me is the very thing, uh, the opposite that he's trying to work out of me. God said, right now I'm, I'm giving you security in me. And what he's releasing is the fear of man. See, God, is he'll work something in you, and as he's working that in you, that other thing is getting worked out. So it's good to ask the Lord, what are you working in me right now? What are you working inside of me? Well, how much time do I have? I don't even know what's going on. Let me see. Does anybody know what time we got to be out of here? Okay, praise the Lord. I can go for another hour. No, plan. <laughs> Listen, right after this, we're going to be having a connect Many of you uh, have signed up, and, and what we're going to do is I'm going to give you the vision and mission of the church. I know some of you have probably already went through that, but many of you, what we, we've switched it around, and in two weeks from now, we're going to do a big event where you meet all the leaders and the pastors, and we'll tell you about our church. You'll go through the gift and text and all that other good stuff. So if you want to become a member of the church and want to find out more about the Dream Team, uh, meet me in the back. There'll be a sign. Janelle will be holding up a sign so that you can go to it, and, uh, and, and let's get this on together. I don't know if that was a good commercial, but we'll work on it so listen to this when the god when god stirred up the people they did some things they gave somebody say they gave one of the first thing that is stirred up in the people of god when god is stirring up your heart for the house is generosity ezra chapter 1 verse 6 says all those around him helped them with gifts of silver gold good things cattle and things worth much money besides all that was given as a free will gift even king cyrus brought out the object of the house of the lord which nebuchadnezzar had carried away from jerusalem and put in the house of his gods and so i want to tell you that god i believe that one of the things that god is working in us is generosity now when we talk about generosity it's not always talking about finances but it is talking about finances because how many know for us to really go to the next level and what God called us to do we need a church building we need a place where we can steward the presence of God where I don't have to ask what time are we leaving where people can lay out at the altar as long as they need to and God can do what he wants to do somebody say praise the Lord so we're not giving up listen now I want to say this we are still going to press towards the promise even we're going to still be productive but we are believing God actively believing that this year we will get our place amen we are praying I don't know I, I got some words somebody just might give us one praise the Lord I'll take it but until that time we're going to keep but get Guess what? The more money we have, the more that we can save up, the more can go into that place for the glory of God. Okay, two people are happy about that. 
And so I believe that God is stirring up our generosity. And it might not just be um, finances. Maybe God has given you a talent or a gift that as we are building up the house of the Lord, that God is going to use you in a great way. Somebody say, use me, Lord. Another thing that was stirred up was they rebuilt the altar of God. This is very important. Ezra 3, 2. Then, listen, I'm about to speak in tongues up here. Y'all forgive me. Joe uh, jo Zadak, son of Je- Yeshua, and his brothers, the religious leaders, the whoever they are, Shatel's son. Sh- Shatel, that's not like my cousin. Um, and Jerubbabel and his brothers <laughs> uh, built the altar of the God of Israel to give birth. You guys listening? <laughs> Built the altar of, of the God of Israel to give birth gifts on it. They did this as is written in the law of Moses, uh, the man of God. And so they built the altar. And so, and what does an altar represent? An altar, it represents a lot of things. One thing it represents is that's the place of confession. That's the place of change. That's the place of consecration and closeness to God. That's the place of the communion of the saints. And that's the place where God will commission you. And I believe in this day that God is rebuilding the altar, that God is restoring the altar in the DMV region. And I know that there are already places that are praying. I'm not saying that they're not doing a good job, but I'm, I'm saying that God is bringing us along too relentless that we can build up the altar of God that we can build up the prayer somebody say it's time to pray come on it's time to pray I heard about the wonderful things happening at the house of prayer yesterday I think you guys sang through 20 scriptures now playing you guys sang through like two chapters though and so it's telling me yeah have you ever heard pastor Tim sing through the scriptures it's amazing it is that's what I heard I gotta come next time I'm gonna be there thank you I'm welcome there we go come on tell us a little bit about the house of prayer real quick don't preach, though. Don't preach. You got to get watch this guy. He's going to start preaching. <laughs> Tell us what happened. Come on. Okay. We're, we're, we're praying. We're singing through the scriptures. And, uh, you know, we have three things we're trying to do from Revelation 5. We're trying to bring intercession before the Lord. There's a bowl in heaven. Come on. And when the bowl is filled with the prayers of the saints, the angel offers up the prayers along with incense and he puts them on the altar the altar you're talking about and the aroma goes before the lord and then lightning is thrown from heaven to earth the key is filling the bowl with the prayers that's our part right okay and then there's worship we'd always try to exalt the lord we try to behold him in his beauty my eyes are going to see the lord in his beauty this year okay the king in his beauty isaiah 20 in the 20s, right? 22. And then the third, the third thing is there's this place of the, the lampstand before the Lord. The lampstand represents the prophetic. We want the prophetic in the house of the Lord. We want the word of the Lord to come forth in the place of prayer. Because the word of the Lord is powerful and effective. It sets, it sets on, on our hearts on fire, first of all. It breaks apart the rock, and it sets forth the way of the Lord. So those are the three things we're, we're challenged to, to grab a hold of. We, we sing through the scriptures. We pray. We intercede. We worship. Come on. Somebody give the Lord a big hand clap for that. And, and how many can see this guy is wrecked? He's talking about it. Pastor Tim, you are tearing up and crying because these things are powerful. When, when you rebuild an altar, you cannot, you're coming close to the presence of God. You're coming close to it. And, and, you, and in, the mid, in the midst of that, it's a play on words, but you're altered. You're changed. You become transformed. 
in the midst of prayer, in the midst of worship. And so I believe that in this church that God is stirring up generosity, yes, but God is also stirring us up to rebuild the altar, that we will be those that will be known to lift up our voices in prayer unto the Lord, that nothing is too hard for our God. And we're going to see the bowls of heaven filled up. Somebody say amen to that. Come on, we're going to see the bowls of heaven filled up with prayers. Glory to God. And I do believe that they are already filled. And I believe that we are coming to a tipping point. I hear the Lord saying that get ready because this is the time of the tipping. And the Lord said just a little bit longer and watch what I begin to do in this nation. But watch what I begin to do in you. The Lord says that as you begin to lift up your voice in worship and adoration and praise, watch as I begin to move on your behalf like never before. For some of you have said, where is the Lord? Where is he done? Where is he gone? And I say, no, I'm right here, says the Lord. I am right here in your midst. And if you would allow yourself and yield to my presence and lift up your voices again and lift up your voices even as though it was the first time you cried out. Lift up your voices even as it's the first time that you interceded for the nation. Lift up your voice like even it was the first time you prayed for your family. The Lord said, surely you will step into the tipping point. You will step into the breakthrough. You will step into the thing that I've called even before the foundations of this earth. This is the time, says the Lord, of the tipping point. And you will find yourself being poured onto and poured out from, says the Lord. This is a new day for you. This is a new day. This is a time of revival. This is a time of awakening. This is a time where I'm going to cause not only the breakthrough to happen around you, but the breakthrough is going to happen inside of you. This is the time of the tipping point, says the Lord. Somebody say tip, 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 tip. Come on, let's just lift up our voice and pray in the spirit and pray out. Lord, we want to fill up those bowls. We want to fill up those bowls. We want to fill up those bowls in heaven, Lord. Father, as it is in heaven, so let it be here on the earth, God. We want to see breakthrough. We want to see a revival. We want to see awakening. We want to see restoration. We want to see reconciliation. We want to see reformation. We want to see transformation, Lord, in our government, transformation in the businesses, transformation all around us in Jesus' name. So, Father, we decree and declare oh that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven God oh we pulled down strongholds this morning oh glory oh glory can we get the worship team to come up we're going to sing that spirit move glory to God somebody say glory to God the altar of God is being rebuilt in the DMV confession change consecration closeness to God communion of the saints and commissioning into the world so when your heart is stirred, you begin to give, not only financially and resources, but you give your prayers. But also, you begin to work. Somebody say they worked. Ezra 3, 5, the priests and the Levites and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem began the work. You got to start somewhere. You can't just wait. That's why we're saying we need leaders for the small group. We're going to train you. We're going to equip you. We need leaders for that. We need people serving on the dream team. We need people that are part of what God is doing here. That's why we're having the connect class. We need you to get to work because one person can't do it. Ten people can't do it. Matter of fact, when Pastor Paul Goulet came, he said this church needs at least 100 volunteers at the moment, 100 percent in so that we can see what God has for us. We've only getting started. Somebody said we're only getting started. Come on, say it like you believe it. We're only getting started. The priests and the Levites and all who were returned from the captivity began to work. They appointed the Levites 20 years old and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. That's why I love to have these young people here and have this Levite here. (laughs) 
love you, Mitzi. <laughs> I hope I didn't dig myself in a hole by saying that. Okay. And lastly, when God stirs in you for his house, they began to worship. Can we just stand up on our feet? Ezra 3.11. And the Bible says, and they sang responsibly, responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Somebody say, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Somebody, come on, somebody say, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Now I'm going to say, for he is good, and you say, for his mercy endures forever. He is good. Come on, he is good. He is good. He is good. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. I think you guys missed that part. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. When they praised the Lord. Listen, let me just say this. Let me just say this. And we're going to just worship just a little bit more. God is stirring up our hearts for relentless. He's stirring us. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash Relentless DC.